Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. This is Mike Williams. I'm the founder and president of Altius Financial, and I'm joined by Taylor Dennis, our podcast co-host, maybe podcast creator. She's the one who nudges <laughs> to get this thing going, and we're having lots of fun with it now. But she's our podcast creator, co-host, and vice president. Taylor, say hello. Oh, wow. This is a special introduction today. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's nice to get back on the line. It's great to be in town. and It's good to have you back. And yeah. uh, it's amazing that it's already February. We just... Uh, did you watch the Super Bowl yesterday? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I I sat there through the whole thing, but I don't think I could tell you who won. You're kidding me. You didn't, it was <laughs> a good remember. game. I remember the care? end was kind of intense and it was like, oh gosh, someone's going to score a touchdown. Oh, it's close. And then I remember just thinking... Uh, I'm tired. I want to make sure my podcast scripts are ready for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'll. You were sip thinking podcasting rather than the <laughs> rather than the uh, the Super Bowl ending. Huh? It was a good yeah. game. I actually I really enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. Um, a lot of good offense. Some controversial uh, calls, um, but it was a good game. So, you, yeah. but you you did last through it. I did last through it. I I kept waiting for the Clydesdales, which I. I don't think we saw them. Where I, were the Clydesdales this year? I don't know. The The commercial I do remember, though, and this is kind of a shout out to my brother, he does car design for Jeep and Chrysler. And so I was excited to see uh, the car that he's working on. He's, he's doing all the interior for that car. And um, so my mom pointed out on the screen and just like, oh, look, that's, that's Alex's car. He's working on that one. And so we played it. And then it was funny because... Um, when the game came back on or when we got to another commercial break, we pulled it up on our phones and we're like, oh, sitting there. And I rewatched it on YouTube or their website or whatever so I could rewatch this commercial with all the animals. And it, it was a very well done commercial as well. I thought it was kind of fun and That's engaging. Cool. Well, so aside from that one, because you're a little bit biased on that yeah. one, what, I mean, I thought that, that uh, this year's, I mean, it's funny how most Americans pay more attention to the commercials than they do the game itself, right? Yeah. Um, but I thought this was a pretty crappy year for commercials myself. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think, I mean, I, I like yeah. the, I always like having the Clydesdales or whatever, <laughs> the Budweiser stuff. Uh, but um, do you have any other ones that you thought were really good or that you remember? I think the only other one I remember, and I don't know if I should share this on the podcast, but there was one where they were talking about like pulling a truck and the guy was like, oh, make sure it's going to, do the job and it was some weird slurred i think it was trying to be a sexual innuendo or something huh. i was like that's what kind what of a uh, weird it, it was for of, a vehicle too yeah i think they were trying to do like a play off of like a ed type of um <laughs> type of commercial and make it comical we're overwhelmed with ed commercials might as well join the <laughs> might as well figure the, out how to jump on the bandwagon there with the like buy a truck or something huh <laughs> I don't even remember that one. I, the one I thought was best, and I was surprised by it, but it was, uh, I mean, there was a theme of these uh, TurboTax commercials, you know, don't do your taxes, right? Let us do your taxes kind of thing. But I yeah. thought there was, there was one of this guy who had his headphones on, and he was really dancing by a fountain. Did you remember seeing that one? I don't know if I saw I might have been I thought that was the best one. He was really, really grooving. Uh, you know, obviously kind of a carefree thing because my taxes are going to be taken care of. I don't have to worry about it type of stuff. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. But most huh. of them I thought were pretty crappy. Yeah, I thought it was, they weren't very memorable. I don't think, if you asked me two weeks from now, will I remember them? 
the answer is probably no, Yeah. which I hate to say, especially considering how much they probably spent on them. But I do want to kind of make sure we're diving into our, our actual podcast discussion for today. What are we talking about today? We're not talking about the Super Bowl, right? No, no, we're not talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good thing, because I don't remember how it ended. But um, we're going to talk about the recent layoff turmoil and how it's really spread. It started out in tech industries, and it's really spread beyond that. We'll continue our discussion, kind of sharing our outlook on the causes of these layoffs, and then share our perspective on how this may or may not present investment opportunities, and then end our discussion kind of sharing suggestions for any listener who might be directly experiencing layoffs during this difficult time. Okay. Well, well, before we do that, we should do our little disclaimer here. Yep. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of investment advice or financial planning. No advisor-client relationship is formed by the broadcasting of this episode or your listening of what we say. The use of this information or any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content in this podcast is not meant as a substitute for professional financial advice. If you're needing specific financial advice for your situation, please reach out to your certified financial planner. Or if you're interested in learning more about our firm, our people, or our philosophy, feel free to reach out to us through our website, which is altiusfinancial.com, or contact us directly by email at taylor at altiusfinancial.com or michael at altiusfinancial.com, just so you're aware that is A-L-T-I-U-S financial.com. So before we were uh, doing our disclaimer here, we we were talking about layoffs, um, job losses. What's going on in the world? It seems like there have been a lot of, especially like you said, technology companies who are laying people off left and right. I completely agree. It's really been a difficult time for both employers and employees or rather former employees. So do you have a theory on uh, why it's happening and, and who it's directly impacting? Yeah, well, so we've seen this kind of start to hit the major big tech companies. So um, it's, but it's really spreading across different industries and many departments within each company. So we've seen um, a ton of tech layoffs. So I've seen Alphabet slash Google. They eliminated about 6% of their staff, which is 12,000 jobs. Then Amazon laid off 18,000. Meta cut 11,000. Dell, 6,600. Disney, 7,000. IBM, 3,900. Microsoft, 10,000. Salesforce cut 10% of their staff. SAP Software, another 3,000. Splunk, 4%. Spotify, 6%. Vimo, 11%. Yahoo cut a whopping 20% of employees. Well, you got a long list there. Right? <laughs> this but, list just goes on. But it seems like most of those companies that you're naming are technology companies. Do you feel like it's it's limited to the technology area? I, I have some theories on why we're seeing it there first, but I'm curious as to, you know, you, you've, you've named a bunch of, like we said, technology companies, but what about other industries? Yeah, so what started in tech has really expanded out to banking, retail, and more. We've now seen companies like BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, BNY Mellon, PayPal, FedEx, Bed Bath & Beyond, Carvana, McDonald's, Yum! Brands, Coinbase, Boeing, Rivian, and many others really cut into their workforce. It's been really a difficult time for especially my, some of my family and friends. I know my brother kind of shared an experience of, well, everyone got this email of, okay, if you've got a meeting during this time, then you might be up for layoffs. And my brother had a, a pre-scheduled meeting for that time. And 
so he was going, oh gosh, what, what does this mean for me? Am, am I being laid off? Cause I had already had a meeting during that time frame. Um, fortunately he, he had a good discussion. I, I don't know how much he wants me to share about his personal experience, but fortunately that worked out for him and he's promoted and doing a great job still, but so he didn't get laid off. He got promoted. Yeah, he got promoted, but I think a lot of colleagues were then laid off. So it was a ma- in that case, it was a matter of communication, how the company did or didn't communicate great as far as who was, who was maybe going to be impacted in a positive or negative way. But what do you yeah. think is going on here? It seems like it's a combination of things. Many of these companies really saw a huge boom in hiring, sales, and earnings over COVID times, but that's now really started to fizzle out. So initially, when people started working from home and they would be at home utilizing these tech companies and increasing their their um, their spending in that direction. Obviously, those increased sales led to more workload that needed to be covered by additional employees. The these companies kind of looked at it and said, "Well, I need to hire more employees because we have a need here, and this is this might be the new normal." Um, and I like to say, whenever someone says it's the new normal, you, you kind of need to take that with a grain of salt because oftentimes things might revert back to their mean. So now the economy started calming down and a lot of these companies are really backing off and saying, okay, we need a correction from that initial overhiring process. Yeah. So the whole COVID thing, I mean, uh, whether a person agrees with how the government handled things or not, it definitely changed the nature of how our economy was working. Certain industries were shut down. Certain industries were because like you mentioned, work from home, that whole phenomenon, technology become much more important. And, and so that whole industry is sort of front loaded with not only the demand for their products and services, but also, uh, you know, the, the consequential, um, uh, dollars that were being invested in that area right because they their businesses were booming there was more money that was attracted and they got more subsidies and so forth so that was a huge impact you know the whole COVID situation sort of distorted which industries were going to be winners and losers at least during that time period and and you know now we kind of having the consequential impact of on the labor markets, but also on inflation, you know, inflation's rising, economic uncertainty have also put a damper on employment outlooks. So families are perhaps becoming more conservative in their spending and how they're, how they're allocating their own dollars toward necessary goods. I mean, obviously, if the prices are going up on lots of different things that they have for necessities, then they can't spend as much as they might on other things. Um, and obviously, many consumers are limiting their spending anyway and directing it towards their basics. So we have, in a sense, uh, been talking about the potential for a slower economy or even a, re- a contracting economy, you know, a recession. And that's that's playing into all this as well. And, and I think obviously the tech companies got hit the hardest, the fastest, but it is spreading to other, other industries. Well, so hold up, recession. Didn't we already have double quarters of negative GDP? To, I mean, what else do we need to get to the point where they've Admit that, okay, we've, we've already been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, does this mean we have a more bleak outlook of the economy ahead? You know, making uh, economic prognostications or predictions is always tough. Um, and you, you and I have talked about this, you know, the sort of layman's definition of a recession is those two quarters of negative GDP growth. But the, the organization that's responsible for defining whether we are in a recession or not has a much more nuanced and complicated way of defining whether we're in recession and 
it's interesting because we're getting this conflicting information. I mean, we're talking about all these layoffs, but in the same sense, in the same headlines, we're seeing record low unemployment, right? And how does that happen? How, how do you think that's happening and playing into this whole scenario? Well, do you think that some of this is relative to, well, we they were going to have routine layoffs anyways, and there's, there's a, enough spread apart of available jobs where if someone's not going to be hired at company X, there's probably a job available at X company Y to kind of offset that. I mean, do you think there's enough jobs available in the workforce? I recall, I mean, a couple of years ago where it seemed like you couldn't find a person to hire anyways. So is the case more of, okay, some of these people are getting laid off, but they're really going to still transition to another opportunity. I think that's definitely the case in the technology area. I mean, uh, you know, we, we call it technology. And so that means, you know, the traditional big tech companies, we think about, okay, now they're laying a bunch of people off, but, but those people have really transferable skills. And so if they go into education or government or, or uh, retail as an industry, but they're using their programming skills. Are they a technology worker? Well, they are, but we don't call them a technology. They're not in the technology industry anymore, right? Yeah. They get categorized in, in, you know, the, like I said, government or retail or whatever it might be. So that's part of it. They, they're getting laid off over here, but they're finding work pretty quickly somewhere else. We're just not uh, necessarily labeling them the same way, but there's also the issue of how the government categorizes someone who's unemployed there's this interesting sort of middle ground of people who are of working age and not disabled, yeah. but aren't, who aren't looking for work. And if they're not looking for, if they're not actively looking for work, they don't get counted in the unemployed. Because, uh, and, and that's a difficult thing is, you know, are they, why are they not looking for work? Or maybe they had enough savings or enough, you know, there, there was a lot of cash and transfer payments, uh, you know, support programs throughout COVID that allowed someone to to not work um, and to have to be able to spend or uh, consume basically at the same level they were before. In some cases, even more. I mean, there were people who were who were making more money on unemployment and COVID support than they were in their prior jobs. So that's that that middle group of people who are not working but not counted as unemployed can make a difference in how we we view those stats as well. Yeah, I very vividly recall a, I'd like to say friend, it was kind of an acquaintance, not someone I'm super, super familiar with, but I recall him saying, yeah, why would I work? They're going to pay me not to work. I think I'll just go travel instead. Yeah, then, no, there's, there's a fair he amount did. of it. He just traveled to all these beautiful foreign places. And I thought, wow, that's that's what COVID is like for some of the fun employed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. And and, and again, I, uh, I don't want to go down the path too much yeah. into COVID and government and all that kind of stuff. But but you do have distortions, right? You do have, uh, you know, you mentioned that term, the new normal. Well, maybe it's normal, maybe it's not. But it's it's if you have... If you squeeze one end of the balloon a certain way, then you're going to have a consequence somewhere else in the balloon, and and that's what I mean by distortions. And I think we're seeing some of that in the uh, the employment market, the labor markets, and how they count um, unemployment. But you know, there's a real cost there. I mean, there are really people who are hurting and who are being laid off and who no longer have jobs. I mean, you asked about the amount of uh, jobs out there in the economy. I always want to make a point that. It's not about jobs, it's about productive work, right? I mean, we want to talk about, I think we want to talk about, are we having people employed in productive activities? Um, 
doing good work, doing good, important, in-demand work versus just creating jobs. But that's, again, another uh, nuanced part of the conversation. Well, and talking about the the number of jobs, you and I both before this um, recording kind of discussed that previous PPP loan situation. Do you think that that's playing a big role in some of the recent layoffs? Because in having that loan forgiveness, they were required to maintain a certain amount of employees and not do layoffs. So are we now finding that enough time has passed so layoffs are kind of basically back on the table and you still got your forgiveness. So have your cake and eat it too. kick them out now that your time has lapsed. Absolutely. Taylor. I think that's a really important point and astute observation on your part that incentives matter. Right. And if, if, if you get these loans, uh, these PPP loans, uh, paycheck protection, whatever the last P stands for, I can't remember program. Yeah. Paycheck, paycheck protection program. Um, subsidies or, or ways of helping your business stay afloat, but with the caveat that you can't lay people off, then you, you're incented, okay, I, I get this free money and I can't lay anyone off. Yeah. But then when things do change back to normal, more of a normal environment, we get past some of the COVID uh, impacts and the lag of, or, or the deadlines of you've got to keep people employed for this long, that may be you know, kind of stored up uh, some layoffs that should have happened anyway. Like, I think that's what yeah. you're getting at is that, you know, there's been kind of a, like almost a pent up demand for laying people off because there weren't, there weren't enough, you know, trimming or pruning of your workforce in the first place. And now that's happening in a bigger numbers than it might have otherwise. I think that's an important point. Well, and when you mentioned like a pruning of a workforce, that kind of reminds me of our previous discussions about Starbucks and how they were previously kind of cannibalizing storefronts to become more efficient and more productive do you think this is a similar situation where we're not going to find investment opportunities because companies are going to become more efficient? I think that's definitely the case. And that's, that's the dynamic part of a, um, you know, the term in economics is called creative destruction for when you have, you know, when you have a free market. And again, I'm not necessarily characterizing what we have now as a free market, but when you have people responding to incentives, that does happen where you, you end up having those kinds of things happen. And, and you mentioned Starbucks, you know, Starbucks, the, the whole cannibalization of their storefronts was, yeah, they had, they had, they had probably overbuilt and, you know, you could get a Starbucks, uh, in one place in a safe way, one place, and then drive around the corner and get a Starbucks at a different place. And that may, might've meant that some of their stores were being sort of duplicating, uh, the reaction to the demand there. And that meant they weren't as efficient and Starbucks, this was a theme you and I capitalized on in terms of, uh, investing for Starbucks. And, so whenever you have companies that are more efficient allocators of capital, and that's a fancy phrase for they're smarter with their money, they're smarter with their investors' money to get a better return, then you know, whenever you have some of those kinds of efficiencies happening, then you can have better opportunities. And I think you're right. It's, it's hard to say whether you know, economy-wide we're seeing that, uh, lots more opportunities, because we, had, we did have a, a pretty good correction you know, throughout 2022 in terms of the major market indexes. And then now we've seen uh, this year, um, year to date, uh, a pretty good big spring back in some of these companies in terms of their stock prices. So there may be, I mean, my view is there still is probably some more negative news to come. And that is partly, you know, watching out for that recession risk that we've talked about. But I think there are some opportunities out there. 
Well, and kind of jumping back to the tech side of things, we've in the past talked about how we maybe weren't going to have much of our client portfolios in those traditional like FANG type investments because they were overvalued. Do you think that means that in the near horizon, we're going to see a better pricing opportunity in those types of holdings and that we will sway towards more tech exposure? I think that's there's a good point there. Now again, the the, the acronym FANG, which I don't you know maybe you should uh, I don't remember if I remember the all the, but that's kind of out of date right now, right? I mean, there's there's uh, yeah. the technology sector, even though it's uh, led by these large companies. Uh, so FANG, what Facebook? That's no longer you know it's, it's now, meta. now meta, but uh, Apple, Apple, Alphabet, Netflix. Google. Google, yeah. So, so the, the thing is, I think yeah, they threw in an M to make Microsoft. Right now, <laughs> Microsoft's part of that. Uh, it's it's a little out of date, and that, it's funny yeah. how Wall Street does this. You know, they come up with these little short uh, cheat sheet type acronyms to say, "Here's the hot companies of the day." My point would be that technology will always be an important part of a person's portfolio, and it's not like we abandon technology. But some of the big com- big tech companies during a very low interest rate environment were priced for perfection. Because of that, that low interest rate, uh, which means you can have a longer time horizon to get a return on your capital, that, you know, including the low capital costs that they have oftentimes, you know, software is not really, that ex- ex- engineers are expensive, you know, Dave is expensive, <laughs> um, uh, software people are, are not cheap uh, if, when they're talented like that, but you don't have a lot of capital costs. And that, you know, along with the whole pushing demand forward with COVID, had you know made those companies priced for perfection in my view, and made them less attractive, you know, because perfection is rare a rare occurrence. You know, it doesn't happen all the time where you have yeah. you know this rosy scenario. Um, that being said, um, yeah, I think there are, are better opportunities, uh, not necessarily in just the big names that people talk about, but certainly in in the technology field. So uh, you know, th- we could talk more about specific. Um, investment themes i think our philosophy of value being value conscious is this is sort of our sweet spot hopefully we'll continue to do well um it's always you know always interesting to watch how whether your style of investing will continue but i think right now one of the things that we wanted to talk about uh is you know if someone's listening right now to this podcast and they're in a layoff situation are there specific things that we would tell them that they could do to improve uh, their overall financial situation. What what are our recommendations right now, right? Yeah, I kind of created a list of what to do if you're laid off. And I think it's helpful to just kind of dive into that. My first and probably the most important thing I'm going to say on all of this is you may be angry, you may be annoyed, you may just be flat out pissed off at your company. You just want to bash them and Tell them, oh, I can't believe they fired me over a text message or an email or they didn't have the gonads to do it the right way and I wasn't treated cro- correctly and maybe you're just really frustrated. And I want to remind you that if there's any chance that you would like another company to hire you, you don't need to publicly bash your previous employer. <laughs> and that may sound like, obviously, obviously I'm not going to post on Facebook that they were horrible or that this was a bad situation. But I think it's it's easy to get caught up in the moment and to say, you know, I'm just going to tweet about it or I'm going to post a LinkedIn just to remind people that I was mistreated. And I, I have complete and utmost sympathy for the experience that you might be going through. 
but I don't want your short-term reaction to a terrible situation to be the detriment of your future outlook in your career. Yeah, I think that's important, definitely. Next, now is the time to recalibrate. So take a minute and see how are you doing with your finances? Is this, okay, I was laid off and they're not giving me any severance and gosh, I need to figure out how to get right back in? Or did they give you maybe a cushy severance package and you have time to really reevaluate how to redevelop and rebuild your career? Do you currently have a savings account to cover the situation that you're in so you can afford to maybe take some time to rework your CV and your resume and those types of things? How long would that severance cover your living expenses? So now's a great time to say, hey, if I don't already have a financial advisor... Not to plug Altius, but maybe look at hiring sure, a financial plug, advisor. It's okay to plug Altius. <laughs> That's probably what we're here for, right? Yeah. Um, maybe look into having a financial advisor or look into doing your finances even on your own to say, well, what are my living expenses? How much time do I have before I urgently need to jump back into the workforce? Because you may find that, hey, I've got a couple months worth of living expenses and I've got a little extra on the side as well for any other urgency that arises. And maybe I need to take some time to kind of recalibrate what I want to do with my career. Yeah, I think uh, it's always a matter of what's the right balance. I mean, someone who has lost their job and maybe doesn't have that savings or investment cushion probably should feel some urgency, right? Oh, definitely. But I've seen people who who have, uh, you know, you said cushy, maybe generous uh, severance packages who don't oftentimes they don't feel enough urgency, uh, and so it's always kind of a balance. You know, what does your personal financial circumstances dictate? And and sometimes it helps, as you mentioned, to have an outside, more objective observer about your situation, uh, especially when it's emotional like that. If you've just lost a job, to to bounce ideas off of, and that's why you know, we would offer the ability to to just be a sounding board for someone who's lost their job. Yeah, and so. My third and final step is to strategize your outlook going forwards. So I kind of put three different case scenarios under this and I put, well, maybe you're almost retired and maybe you should just get retired now. Maybe you were 64 and a half and you're planning to retire at 65 and you've been told, hey, I'm sorry, but you didn't make the cut. We're going to give you this severance package or not. But maybe you've already prepared for retirement and you're, you're close enough where you don't really want to jump back into a full career to find that within the next calendar year, you'll be retired anyways. So that's definitely something to debate. Maybe you're in the middle of your career. You love the job. This was your dream job. You really want to get it back. Um, you just need to find a different company to do the same kind of work for. So definitely get focused. Take this time to rewrite your resume, look through job apps, um, maybe talk with colleagues. Networking goes a very long way in especially in specific industries. And so see what, what your friends, your family, your colleagues suggest as far as, hey, here's what's available. Here's who is hiring, even if your company isn't. And my last thought is, maybe this experience reminded you that, like my first category, I hated my job. This was not a great job for me. Maybe you were overworked, overstressed, underpaid, and... This, is, this was your exit plan. It wasn't necessarily the exit plan that you planned on, but maybe this is a good time to reevaluate. What does my future want to look like and how can I rebuild that? So maybe that means looking at using some of that severance type money, 
to go and get additional degrees and education. Maybe it means spending time in a different location or whatever that might mean for you. But I, I think in times of turmoil, it's a good chance for you to recalibrate what am I experiencing and what do I want to be experiencing going forwards and to make decisions that direct you that way. Yeah, and that's the hard part is that, you know, when, you, when you're feeling the emotion of the turmoil, sometimes it's hard to be resourceful and creative. And again, that's why we offer our services just to be uh, brainstorming and, and, uh, and think potentially think differently about how you're looking at the future. So I think, I think you know, to sum things up, we hope that uh, you find this podcast episode helpful on the recent layoffs and the potential, especially if you're experiencing that, what you might be able to do in the short and midterm. If you're in such a situation where you've recently been laid off and need advice, please don't hesitate to reach out. We may or may not be able to make you a client right now, but we always devote a certain amount of time to be able to sit down with people who are in situations like that to, to help them be creative about what they might, what their next steps might be. And oftentimes they are surprised at how, uh, how many different options they might be able to choose. So feel free to reach out to us. I'm, I'm at michael at altiusfinancial.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L at A-L-T-I-U-S financial.com. Altius Financial is one word. And Taylor's similar email address, Taylor at altiusfinancial.com. And obviously our website is altiusfinancial.com. So <laughs> yep. there's multiple ways to reach us and resources that we have. Hopefully you're listening to, sharing, liking this podcast and giving us suggestions on future topics. Yep. I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everybody.